Good morning, everyone. You are listening to The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore with Stephen Wilson. The purpose of this show is for people who identify as victims of abuse or addiction. My name is Stephen Wilson, and I'm active in Narcotics Anonymous and group therapy. I am a drug addict in recovery, and I am a survivor of childhood sex abuse. This show is going to remain in the same format because I, I think I'm actually doing a fairly good job. I do feel better. But these uh, are going to be therapeutic tool called the letter two. You're going to be writing to somebody who you may have hurt or they have hurt you. And like all the other shows, I start off with writings from poets and uh, people that I really enjoy. And today's show is going to be from Longfellow, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, The Reaper and the Flowers. There is a reaper whose name is Death, and with his sickle keen, he reaps the bearded grain at a breath, and the flowers that grow between. Shall I have naught that is fair, saith he, have naught but the bearded grain? Though the breath of these flowers is sweet to me, I will give them all back again. He gazed at the flowers with tearful eyes. He kissed their drooping leaves. It was for the Lord of Paradise he bound them in his sheaves. My Lord has need of these flowerets gay, the reaper said and smiled. Dear tokens of the earth are they, where he was once a child. They shall all bloom in fields of light transplanted by my care, and saints upon their garments white these sacred blossoms wear. And the mother gave in tears and pain the flowers she didn't most love. She knew she should find them all again in the fields of light above. Oh, not in cruelty, not in wrath, the reaper came that day. T'was an angel visited the green earth and took the flowers away. That was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, The Reaper and the Flowers. Uh, today's show is going to be another letter, and this one is going to be to my best friend in my childhood, uh, Jeff Hackman. He passed away uh, a few years ago, and um, there at the end we were only talking through social media. But Jeff and I, we were best friends, and this is, uh, this is my life before the teacher. And this had come up in therapy several times. Dear Jeff, I hope you are resting in peace. I wish I had done more for you there at the end. Just like everything else, 
I'd always come up short as being a friend. But I want you to know that you were my best friend when we were kids. And it wasn't until I met Lakeisha later on in life that I ever had anybody like that in my life. There were many things about my childhood that were fun and exciting, and most of them re revolved around your friendship. And I wanted to go through a couple of them because there are so many. I, I just wanted to go to, through a few of them because I had brought them up in therapy, and, and reminiscing about them actually made me feel good. So... Um, I want to know if you remember the Lakewood shit party, the time that we uh, defecated on the cop cars from the Lakewood Police Department, Kitty Corner, away from the general store. It was your idea, and it was a great idea. And there for a few moments in Crystal Lake, that event was spoken of and held in high regard, especially for those, of, uh, for those people that don't like the law. And then the time that we cut their fence that kept people from getting around into the, the area for the sailboats on West Beach. And then that time in the channel that we put that uh, floating dummy, the, the, the dead body wasn't a real body, but it was, <laughs> it was still funny. Um, there were quite a few boaters out there trying to recover it. And uh, <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that one fight that we got in with the two Toms? Uh, your middle brother, Tom, and then, of course, Tom Roden. And, um, of course, you always went junkyard dog. And then I brought out Uncle Turnbuckle coming at ya. <laughs> I was dropping elbows, and you were barking, and it was, it was totally awesome. And being a part of the Millard Street mayhem was... It really was a great time, Jeff. And I, I know that, you know, back then, nobody talked about their feelings, but, you know, us having, you know, birthday parties and going sledding and uh, snow days and, and all that stuff. When you came over and you wanted some Christmas cookies and my mom, obviously I did the work and then you did the eating which was par for the course. But um, all of those things kept coming back around. And, you know, that <laughs> um, those two girls from Crystal Lake Central that, that um, you said were a sure thing, the, the KRP in Cincinnati, Hey, excuse me, um, do you remember that show where that blonde that doesn't actually do anything 
What was that KRP in Cincinnati? What's that on your chin? I don't know. Do you remember that the secretary, the blonde one? KRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> well, you were totally right as usual, and we had a very good time. And I just wanted to say thanks, Jeff because I know that things got really messed up for you when your parents got divorced. And I knew that it messed up your life moving back and forth, your mom, your dad, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, right by the railroad there by Kanak. And, you know, I knew that, you know, Look, I, I just want to say that when you, when you came back into my life, it was after the teacher had already gotten to me and I was already fucked up. I was already in my double life mode and I didn't know what was going on and I was just losing it. And um, I just want to explain that when you, that one time when you reached out to me and you wanted to talk and you you needed some help. It's the only time I ever saw you cry. That I was in no shape to help anybody, Jeff. I know how much things meant when we were kids, but as we grew up, yeah, I just want to point out, you know, uh, you know, who gave me my first line of coke? Our relationship was unhealthy. And we were both, we were both a train wreck. It's not really that we enabled each other, it's just that we were incapable of doing anything for the other. Because if I had to help you deal with your problems, I probably would have had to start dealing with mine and I was in no shape. I was numb and I wanted to stay numb. And I'm sorry about that. I'm not saying that I would have been able to swoop in and, and heal all your pain or anything, but the fact is, is that I just, I didn't even, I didn't even try. And I knew that you were in trouble, it's just that I couldn't do anything about it. I knew you needed somebody and that one time, that one time that you leaned on me, I just couldn't hold you. When we started talking again later on in social media, I was glad that you had found somebody and settled down and you started a family and you had a business. I was really sorry to hear about what's happening with you and your brothers. They kept using you and you really wanted to be in a great family. It meant a great deal when you said that you always thought that I was a brother. And I, you know, I know that I, I kept pressing on it and everything about you getting more exercise and the, the way you were, the things that you were eating and the, the hectic schedule that you had. 
I'm not saying again that I would have ever made a difference. There was no way for me to save you or go through that bullshit of I'm going to save you from being yourself. You can't just turn it off. It doesn't work that way. Life in word is much different than life in action. And I really, I feel like I've failed. I didn't go to your funeral. Because when you died, I was still using and in no shape. Since Dad and Marie, going to funerals has been extremely difficult because regardless of who's in the coffin, they always wind up being Marie. Jeff, I want you to know that your friendship meant everything when I was growing up. And losing you along the way left a big gaping hole in my life. Because I don't think that you can have friends as an adult the way that you have friends when you're a kid. The way that you look at life. Your philosophy, the things that you believe in, the things that you can handle, the things that you do, everything is simple and basic and fun and innocent and, well, it wasn't innocent. You and I did a lot of bad things and it is what it is. It's one of the things that I've learned about therapy, about myself, is that you can't undo the past. I hope you have been able to find peace. And I know that you were just a little box in a social media chat, but it was still good. It wasn't like before, nothing was gonna get like that when we were kids. But it was good to touch base with you again. And it meant a lot to me. Thank you for everything you did. And I am sorry for the things that I didn't. Sincerely, Stephen. The therapy session that I had about Jeff, like most of the sessions, was much more difficult than I thought it would be. And I think that it just revolves around the idea that Jeff trusted me and he reached out to me and you know when you've got somebody like that in your life you just don't realize it. You would think that a human would be aware that they've got a piece of gold but it doesn't well, I'm not going to generalize. You have to do that for yourself.
But these are the things between us. It's always going to come down to relationships. You and the environment, you and your neighbor, you and your, your co-workers, you and your God. But more importantly, it's going to be the relationship you have with yourself. And in dealing with what Jeff and I went through, it did help. But it was also another example of me being a horrible failure as a human. Even back then, my addiction was already becoming a major problem. And Jeff was just another casualty. I'm not saying that things would have made any difference, but it, I didn't even try. So uh, to close out this show, I ask that you take a step back from yourself and look at the people around you, everybody. And think about what they mean to you and, and what they do for you, whether it's big or small. And if you feel grateful, if you feel grateful, let them know. I know writing these letters has helped me, but I have to tell you that it does feel a little bit like I'm losing. It's like the storm won't leave. that I'm not going to be able to find shelter. It's not that I ever wanted safety, but it doesn't feel like I'm ever gonna get a reprieve. My past, it haunts me. You have been listening to The Leaves of a Victim Nevermore with Stephen Wilson. I am Stephen Wilson. And I say to you all, without condition, be a blessing, and may you find serenity. <laughs>